Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. I'm going to start a new tradition here on Happy Hour. Okay. This is our big announcement before we get to our special secret guest. So we're going to start Happy Hour with on this day in the 1980s. Because oh my gosh, what a great idea. I love that. I love it. Because Liz and I spent a lot of time just reminiscing about how great the 80s were and how proud we are to be Gen Xers, which our guest really isn't, but we'll make him an honorary one. Um, So this day, 1984, July 7th, 1984, when Doves Cry by Prince (gasps) hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and it stayed there for five straight weeks. Oh, that's such a great, that's a great song. That's a great album. I mean, I think Purple Rain is a great album. So I love Prince. You love Prince. He's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. I know. But you know who is with us? Someone even more talented than Prince. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to, you're not going to get a better introduction than that. (laughs) Mr. Kurt Schlichter. The Prince of Conservatism. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I'm going to replace go. my name with a bizarre symbol. I'm the conservative formerly known as Kurt. Um, of course, Prince is the Prince is the uh, singer formerly known as Prince. Um, Kurt, the if way, you were a uh, symbol, what would you be? What would what your would symbol, symbol be? Kurt? This would be good. It would be like an M4, uh, you know, with a with a bar across it as a cross, and uh, the the male symbol on the top just to irritate the libs. Because that would make me an extremist because I like America and families and God and that stuff. Uh, I'm just not a Latinx. It's radical. So I'm not. But I, I, I do have a bone to pick with you. I'm only one week away from being Gen X. I was born the okay. last week of the baby boom. December 24, right. 64. The last I'll, week I'll of the baby boom. I'll accept that. You know, I'll so accept I'm, that, Julie. I'm Gen X adjacent. accept it? We'll allow, we'll allow it, Kurt. Just okay. because you're you're a badass like Gen X, and you're definitely no boomer, so oh, we'll allow it. No, I'm I'm definitely no boomer. It's funny. I, I was just uh, guest hosting Hugh Hewitt today, and Jacob, the little intern guy, was in there, and I was playing the Clash because Boris Johnson resigned, and uh, so we're playing the Clash all day. It's bumper music. He goes, I got you, you probably London never heard of the Clash. He goes, uh, of like course, London calling. Stuff. London's burning. Somebody got murdered. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, it, it was great. It was just like the best excuse ever. And uh, I said, you probably never heard of the Clash. He goes, no, I like the Clash. My uh, my parents taught me about it. I oh, jeez. God. <laughs> he goes, I, you know, I, I, it was like born around 9-11. He's like, yeah, I just really, you know, I just, you, you're just so lucky to have been like living in the 80s. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, our kids. It was the best. The Gen Zs, our kids are totally into 80s music. Like, my daughters know, I mean, I'm like a hairband person more, but they know all that. And they are they say the same thing. They're like, I'm so jealous you grew up in the 80s. I'm like, well, that was like yeah, the 80s and 90s. America was normal. You know, we're, yeah. we're still normal and we're super prosperous. And if you look at my book, uh, we'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America, said Kurt, subtly throwing that in uh it starts uh february 1991 uh in the gulf war when I, I i only recently in recent years realized i was at the time and place of america's greatest power we had just destroyed an entire army in four in four days and, and no one a military achievement 
uh, unparalleled in history. And I'm there at the headquarters of the unit that, you know, did the, did the heavy work, the armored unit, uh, Seventh Corps. I was there when we were undefeatable. And no one, no one could. I mean, the Russians were like, "Holy cow, we can't fight these guys." Chinese were like, "There's just no hope. These guys are just so, just so powerful." And uh, uh, and of course, it's been all downhill from there. I mean, basically, right now, the Dominican Republic could overtake our military, and oh. we would. It, it, Dude, it, the street gang happen. in Arlington's like street gang where I live could take over. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's that I think it's that bad. Plus, a lot of um, I've been seeing headlines. Maybe Kurt knows more about this, about how the military isn't be able to reach its recruitment quotas, that it's lowering the stand. I believe you need a high school diploma to go into the military. And they had they had flirted with getting rid of that requirement. Um, plus, people are leaving the military because it's basically like the Vassar campus, right? Nobody yes. wants that. Yes, with less and, mas- with less testosterone. Well, yes, I mean, nobody's going to go into the military to get that. And it certainly is concerning about what's going on in the academies. Um, I don't know. I bet you did see um, Top Gun Maverick. Kurt. I did. Did you see it? I did. I liked it. The, uh, uh, you know, and I didn't quite expect to. I mean, again, another 80s trope. But it, it, it actually, better than most movies, reminded me of what it was like to be yeah. in the military mm-hmm. when we were number one. But I wrote about it on July 4th, uh, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the establishment's running out of cannon fodder for its woke military. You know, another very evocative headline. But you're, you're absolutely right. The kind of Americans who join the military, you don't join the military to get rich. You generally don't join to get a job. Uh, in, in most cases, the guys in the combat unit, uh, are, are predominantly, they're not, you know, there's this image that they're like poor kids. It's not, it's middle-class kids. They are going in for the adventure of it. They want to say, I was a Marine or I was, you know, a paratrooper or I was a SEAL or whatever. And, uh, they're the first to be turned off by an organization that says, well, you know, our, our, our real battle is, you know, fighting the threat of the weather and, uh, uh, white nationalism. And they're like, well, no, I'm not going to spend three or four years walking around in mud, uh, essentially being told I'm the Antichrist. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the the utter, utter betrayal that was the vaccine thing. I mean, you, yeah. you have a vaccine. First of all, they say you got to you gotta take the vaccine. It, we now know it doesn't stop people from getting COVID. We know it doesn't stop the spread of COVID. It just makes you more likely to recover from it. And you're probably going to recover anyway if you're a healthy adult, which most people in the military are. So there's literally no imperative to get the vaccine because it doesn't do what they promise. Yet they double, triple, quadruple down and are literally throwing thousands of people out of the military because they won't take a vaccine that's not going to do anything. It's a pure power thing. And I always found in the military during 27 years when people gave orders and enforced policies to establish their authority, they didn't have any respect and didn't draw much authority. I, you know, I, I didn't give a lot. When I was a commander, I was a battalion commander. I was a, a deputy brigade commander. I, I didn't give a lot of orders. You know, I wasn't walking around, do this, do that. I would get with my people who were professionals. We'd figure out a course of action and we'd execute. I didn't have to show I was powerful. And it, 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 because I was powerful, I didn't have to 
get people to acknowledge it. But that's what the military is doing today. And uh, I, I think the fringe benefit for them is, you know, they're getting rid of the, uh, you know, uppity folks, but they're just not. I mean, they're at 40 percent of their goal for 2022 in the army. Forty percent wow. over halfway through the year. Terrible. This is a disaster. Well, the smart people aren't going into the military. I mean, there's a chain of command and people will go into the military and work their way up. You want to believe that the cream will rise to the top. So well, yeah. you have really smart people making important decisions. And those people are just not going in at the, all. The, they, they, no, they're, they're, they are specifically not doing it. And one of, the, one of the other things is the military is now largely a family business. Most of the people in the military will say, well, you know, I had an uncle in Vietnam and my dad was in. That's very common. It happened with me. It's very, very common. And that's how they get a lot of people's legacies. The problem is vets like me are saying, don't go in now. Don't go in. You don't want the, the look, I, I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I had the uh, privilege of re, uh, representing the families of one of the uh, Marines killed in uh, Kabul. And I grabbed another uh, uh, colonel who mm. was uh, a lawyer. And we went when the family was briefed by the Marines on what happened at the tactical level. That is at the battalion level. And while I was very impressed uh, of the performance of the Marines after the attack, uh, including the officers up to the colonel who was wounded, he was forward. He wasn't hiding in a command post. Uh, the, the platoon leader, the company commander and the uh, battalion commander were all wounded. They were in the they were where they needed to be and they were with their troops and they were they were hurt, too. They just weren't killed. Uh, but the, the utter betrayal of the senior leadership. Uh, both civilian and to some extent military in creating a, th uh, a situation where you knew there was going to be an evacuation out of that airport and you did not create the infrastructure that would allow the processing of tens of thousands of people uh, without having huge groups of unvetted people within 15 feet of a large number of Americans. The bomber got within 15 feet of our people and detonated. Wow. There's no excuse for that. OK, you you can set you with only a little preparation, you can set up a thing that it will. Some people will be exposed to danger, but to have a, a huge number of unvetted people next to a large number of troops is in Afghanistan. That's just inviting exactly what happened. And that's a complete betrayal of our soldiers. Um, you know, what's interesting. There was uh, in, you know, it, there was a Gallup poll released this week that shows um, confidence in the military among Republicans. Of course, the group constituents that is, is traditionally most supportive of the military is down from 90 percent in 2020 to 71 wow. percent just this year. Um, I mean, that's and of course, trust in every institution is at record lows now and deservedly so. But I mean, that's just this is not sustainable when you can't attract talent to the military, can't keep it, um, you know, are jamming down all the woke identity politics, vaccine mandates, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we had a very good family friend, young man, actually my youngest daughter's ex-boyfriend, but he was like the son we don't have. And he just entered the Naval Academy um, a couple weeks ago. And it was sad for me, just an outstanding young man, every level. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, what a waste to be going into this military right now with the leadership and especially the commander in chief that we have right now. Um, and it's just 
something that, you know, you never would have thought about even a few years ago. So how this, how this gets salvaged, I don't know. Um, but it's really, uh, very dangerous for the country. Certainly. Oh, oh, it's terrible. Uh, the, the military, uh, was the last to go, but the military, there's an old saying, uh, among leaders, uh, soldiers do what commanders check. And if, you know, when, when, when my boss told me, you know, the priority is maintenance, I checked maintenance and we got, which is very important in the military, especially if you're mechanized, uh, we did maintenance. That was what I checked. That was what we focused on. Uh, here you have, uh, what's important. Is it combat readiness or is it wokeness? Well, the commander in chief has told us it is wokeness. That is what's important. That's what gets done. The nice thing about the military is it can turn around very quickly. And I talk about it in the book, we'll be back, the fall and rise of America. Uh, uh, I talk the last two chapters are, you know, what's going to happen in the next presidential election and a, a kind of chapter looking back at a, 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 a woke president who knows what time it is and what he did for eight years. Gee, I wonder who that could be. Um, and one of one of the things is you you focus on the military because you can turn around quickly and it's the most important part of government. You can turn around quickly and it, it demonstrates immediate results that show people, yes, I can uh, uh, tame this institution. The you know, a, a, a president, uh, his like like a commander's most important resource is his time and focus. I could give my guys anything they need, bullets, fuel more people, whatever. I can always get that. I couldn't get them more time. You need a president who's going to say, I'm spending uh, two hours a day uh, until the military's fixed on the military. And to basically call meetings, get the joint chiefs in, fire all the joint chiefs, get the new joint chiefs in yes, and say, uh, here's my intent. It is Monday is 900, oh, 900 hours. You're going to brief me that you have executed my intent at oh, 0900 on Friday. Here's my intent. There is no more critical race theory. There is no more diversity, equity, and inclusion in the United States military. We don't have Pride Month. We don't have Norwegian History Month. That is all gone. I want every poster down. I want every brochure down. I want every civilian in a position with the word diversity, inclusion, or equity in his job title terminated as excess. I want every soldier in a slot with any of those words in the title transferred to a combat unit generals, admirals, you will come in here on Friday and you will brief me that this has been accomplished. If you fail to do so, I'm going to relieve you because you have failed to follow my intent. This is not a decision brief. This is not a, uh, a decision briefing where we're talking about what my intent is. This is an orders briefing. I'm telling you what you're going to do. And, and then you hold them accountable on Friday, you know, general. Have you accomplished? But it's so much more, Kurt. It's so much more than just the joint chiefs, joint chiefs, right? Well, you started. It's like the top half of the military brass. Well, you started the leadership, and you put a couple heads on pikes. uh, The message will get through. The other thing that I think is very important is to leverage uh, the the ability of the internet to bring uh, cautionary examples to the fore, and we as conservatives have been very good. Uh, for a long time about finding the examples of outrageous conduct, whether it's on a college campus or whatever. Uh, if I were a president, I would have three guys in a, a, a or gals or whatever, or non-binary individuals in a uh, little room in the West Wing 
uh, on the political side, and I would have them looking for good examples where I can intervene. For instance, uh, there's a chaplain at Elmendorf Air Force Base who's been told he's not allowed to mention Jesus. Great. Secretary of Defense, I want the entire chain of command from this freaking uh, uh, chaplain his boss, his boss, all the way up to the generals to come in here and brief me on, uh, uh, you know, day after tomorrow, personally brief me on why my intent was not being followed, what exactly is going to happen, and I will terminate the uh, 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 appropriate people. You do that a couple times in the military, you're going to send the message. And that also sends a message to us. But you, you, you've got to leverage this ability to bring outrages to the fore. And it doesn't have to just be in the military. Say you have a, uh, you know, something in the Department of Education. You have some random bureaucrat out there sending out things saying, well, you're not allowed to have due process for people uh, uh, accused of rape. You know, uh, being able to cross-examination, cross-examine witnesses is racist. Great. Department of uh, uh, Education. I want the secretary. I want everybody in the chain of command all the way up from this dumb bureaucrat to come and explain me why you're not doing what I told you to do, and I'm going to fire some of you. And there's a myth you can't fire people in the federal government. You can. Uh, maybe they sue and get their job back, but I had a general who once did that with civilians. He said, yeah, you can. You can I'm going to fire you. You can sue me, but by the time uh, there's a resolution, I'll be retired and you'll be old. Well, you can transfer them. What 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 you can do is you just transfer them to like Limp Dick, Arkansas. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. And then if they don't want to go, then you can fire them. So yes. you know, send and, them to and, the border, and, send them up north, send you know. Oh oh, oh yeah, I I you know uh, you're going to uh, 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 bumhole Illinois with its you know terrible taxes and uh, you know its great name, and uh, that's that's where you're going to go, and we're going to put you in a rubber room. Just like they do with uh, pervert teachers in New York. Can't fire, well, you know, to the extent they can't fire you, that's fine. Yeah, if you don't want to go, that's okay too. But that's what you're going to do. And then, of course, I'm, yeah, you, you will have no position of authority to do anything. Um, you know, you can proofread, uh, uh, you know, uh, National Pickle Day proclamations. <laughs> <laughs> I like that well, idea, actually. I hope so, Kurt. I mean, I <clears throat> you're giving me a little bit of more um, optimism that this can be turned around um, by a good leader, which obviously we don't have now and we desperately <sighs> need in the next election. Um, and who would that be, though? I mean, well, what Kurt is laying on out is absolutely necessary. It's a dire situation. But who... Who will really have the guts to do that? I, I talk about that in the book, and I talk about all the candidates. Obviously, the two big ones are Trump 2.0 and uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. And uh, uh, the, the, one of the things about Trump is I, I, one reason I, I very much want a primary if he chooses to run uh, is I want to mm -hmm. know that he has learned his uh, lessons about personnel learned his lessons about being impressed by things like establishment credentials. Because Trump, he drives me crazy because he will, I like Trump, I've written a book defending him, but he'll say things like, well, and you know, he went to Harvard, which is very impressive. Okay, not impressive. Not, imp not impressive, no. that's actually a bad thing. No, yes, uh, disqualifying. He yes, he was impressed by generals, which yep. is, yeah. uh, you know, no, no, that's, that, no, you need a whip in a chair, you tell them. 
uh, Ron DeSantis has focus and discipline. He would have eight years uh, to execute. The thing about Ron DeSantis is he's the he's honey guy. He doesn't care. Uh, he also with, has with, military experience, too. Right. I think, that, I think that would help for at least the military. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Though it, I, I, I don't think that, think that, that helps him necessary. govern Florida. You know, I mean, just the fact that he's very mission focused, you know, he's. Well, he's he, disciplined. Yeah, I guess disciplined is the is the right and, word. And, you know, and, and, you know, I like a lot of things about through. Donald Trump, but I, I'm not going to say he's a disciplined cat. No. Uh, on the other hand, it, you know, I mean, I, I, I certainly enjoy a mean tweet or two. Um, but that's that's just because I'm a contrary kind of guy. But no, I mean, you know, whoever needs whoever comes in needs to want to. You, you can't have another of these goofs who wants to become president so he can be president. You want a guy who wants to use the presidency as a tool to commit change. And that was the problem with the Republicans. For years, you know, Mitt Romney, a $5,000 suit full of Miracle Whip. Why did he want what did he want to do as president? He wanted to be president because he felt he was entitled to it and he, he'd been given things all his life. Um, but he didn't want to do anything. He doesn't believe in anything. Uh, yeah, he doesn't, I mean, definitely doesn't have a vision of America that I think you need yeah, to it, sell yourself as a candidate, especially now when we were having so much civil strife. Like a Romney and even a McCain, they just felt like Jeb. it's the next step. You know, yeah, oh, I well, mean, Jeb. obviously the next step. Yeah, what was Jeb's big dream? Amnesty? Free yeah. ham? Uh, he's, I mean, Jeb was a giant puffball, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. Uh, and of course, I, and by the way, I'm done with the freaking bushes. Oh, no more dishes. Oh God. What? Oh, Seriously. Uh, I, I mean, my gosh, we defended that piece of crap. I know. For eight years when he was too much of a gentleman to do it. He couldn't, he couldn't be, he, he, he was much too dignified to say anything about uh, uh, his new friend, Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, when, when Obama's trashing us, the same people who defend. But, you know, as soon as we chose somebody who wasn't his fat puffball exclamation point brother, uh, suddenly he turns on us and starts telling us we're white national after we defend. And he's the classy gentleman. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> go pay, I agree. Go paint some I more don't... pictures of the guys you made, you piece of crap. There's no bushes in yeah. the mix. Though there's like no, I mean, are there any political viable, politically George viable pushes left? George P. I mean, he just lost, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he lost. He's done because he was a Bush, and he should lose. We shouldn't have dynasties, you know. We shouldn't have dynasties. I don't. No, there's I don't no, want, no. But more. it's funny you mention that, Kurt, and that we go in that direction because I believe I saw a story yesterday or the day before. I'm sort of confused because we had Monday it was a holiday, but. <sighs> that Liz Cheney might run for president. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I think she's going to be the most. Yeah, <laughs> she's like the hottest girl up. on the cruise ship. She's that's the queen the of the Lido deck. Yeah, I mean, what 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 have the Cheneys com uh, uh, contributed to America? I mean, I mean, you know, they've been they've been AWOL as far as the real fights, as well as for the wars that they send other people to. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I would love to see somebody in uniform with a Cheney on their, uh, uh, name tape, but that'll never happen because that's for, you know, that's for, uh, uh, you peasants. Um, 
the idea of trying to make the fetch that is Liz Cheney happen is so bizarre to me. It can only be created by people within Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Who, that's a total who live in this dream of, of neutered, submissive, catamite Republicans who, who, who live to be humiliated and broken and used by the establishment uh, in exchange for, you know, essentially 30 pieces of silver. Well, what Cheney has done is um, she has been successful in two things. She has refurbished the Cheney name, the same people who wanted her father, you know, strung up at The Hague, charged with as a war criminal, now are swooning over her. And she has retaliated against Donald Trump for publicly, you know, his public condemnation of the Iraq war, specifically her father peddling the lie about weapons of mass destruction. So this is very personal to the Cheneys and to the Bushes because Trump stood on that stage and confronted Jeb Bush and said that the Iraq war was the biggest mistake in military history, that his brother was responsible for it and then took off on the Cheneys in subsequent interviews and called out the entire weapons of mass destruction lie and that, you know, lost lives, not just here, but overseas, especially obviously in the Middle East, all, you know, two trillion dollars down the drain. It's on and on and on. And so this is the Cheney family retaliating against Donald Trump because he is, I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit for a lot of things, but especially that is readjusting the conservative mind, yes. the Republican mind, right. related to endless war overseas and the folly of of democracy building, which was basically the Bush doctrine. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was also it, an, a huge industry, right? I mean, this the oh, Bushes yeah. and the Cheneys propped up a massive industry yeah. that controlled so much oh, of oh, American it, American it, life. You guys. You know, having having served over there and seen the contractors in action, you get you you really have no idea. I mean, you you understand uh, in 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 a general sense, but to have seen it, seen this the uh, incredible amounts of money put into things uh, 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 up close that and, and to understand the 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 total vacuum of strategy you know the only the the only really super successful operation we had was one i was in which was kosovo which was done essentially for us for americans on a shoestring few a couple less than two thousand americans at a time and we had an outside event because we were left alone and we did most of it ourselves but we had this huge infrastructure there i mean it's highly and highly expensive uh, but we we actually did do you know what you would call nation building, but it wasn't it wasn't Bush Cheney nation building. It was essentially a bunch of reservists who used their civilian skills to keep Serbs and Albanians from killing each other, and that's actually paid off. Rick Grinnell managed to get Serbs and Albanians uh, to the peace table, which no one no one's done that in five hundred years. I mean, and and, and at, under Trump it happened. Here's the other thing under Trump: peace in the Middle East. Yeah. For my entire life, I would turn on the news back when I watched the network news and it'd be, you know, Israel's fighting on the Golan Heights. That's they ended that essentially. It's unbelievable. Well, which brings me back to the question is like, what what does Liz Cheney have to offer as a presidential candidate? Because I understand that 
she's motivated by revenge and vengeance and, you know, to rehabilitate her family's name, blah, blah, blah. But she has no chance in hell. Like, none. She is a purely Washington phenomenon because she's a purely Washington person. She's the Beltway cowgirl. She knows as much about Wyoming as I know about Wyoming, which is nothing. Uh, And the people of Wyoming are woke to it and they're going to toss her out. And when she gets her job on MSNBC, CNN, uh, you know, she's going to talk crap about uh, her uh, uh, her state because she has nothing but contempt for the people outside the beltway. That's that is her world. And only there could she be considered viable. You know, a bunch of the really smart people who failed at literally everything they've done uh, will sit around in Washington and convince themselves that, you know, there's this giant mass of Americans out there looking for the condescension and incompetence that the Cheneys uh, uh, symbolize. You know, we, we want to bring back, uh, you know, that kind of leadership. There's there's no place for her and her cruise ship conservative friends. You know, we, we have rejected those people for years. They uh, conservative incorporated exploited us. Oh, you know, we're 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 going to fight abortion and we're going to do all this stuff. And, uh, you know, join us on the Lido deck. Ramesh Panuru is going to be uh, talking to Jonathan last <laughs> about, uh, you know, healthcare reform. That should be exciting. Grab a Zima, pull up a, lo- a lounge chair. And, you know, and then Trump did it. Trump did it. I mean, you if you want to talk about Dobbs, you've got to you got to say thanks to Donald Trump because he actually did it. These are incredibly arrogant people and their arrogance is in uh, inversely proportional to their competence. These are just not, you know, the Bushes, the Cheneys, the, the Bulwark losers, the Bill Crystals. These are people with a track record unbroken by success. Yeah, it's but, you know, they didn't, they didn't. It's it's not so much that they're incompetent because they never tried. I mean, it was never their intent to do those things. It's not like they tried to to actually do it. Right. And in fact, as we've now seen in their heart of in their shriveled little hearts, they didn't want to. I mean, you know, how do you get from uh, we've got to stop abortion to I can't believe Roe v. Wade's been overturned. How do you get that? When was the. When was the point, you know, I, I'd like to sit Bill Crystal down, take the muffin from his mouth and go, you fat piece of garbage, you you giant glop of goo. At, at what point <laughs> did you stop wanting abortion uh, uh, to be uh, the end of abortion? When did you not want the end of abortion? When did that when did that change occur or was there no change at all? Did you always feel that way and you were just lying to us? I, I, I think that would be interesting. Of course, no one would ever ask them that. You know, no one's ever going to go, Steve Hayes, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're really down on Dobbs, but you ran, you know, the weekly standard. You ran into an iceberg, you piece of crap. Uh, when, when, when did you decide you were now pro-abortion? When did that happen? Or were you just lying to the people who you took money from? Are you lying to the people you're taking from money from now? You know, I mean, where, did you know, we... Tell us more. I don't remember seeing a statement from George W. Bush, who, like, you know, claimed to be a very pro-life president when the court, you know, when that decision right, came down. Point. Did well, he it'll offend his new it friends. Run? It would offend his new friends, the uh, Clintons and the Obamas. You know, right. when I yeah. see them palling around with each other and you got Obama right. and Hillary Clinton just you know, calling us deplorables and he's palling around with them. How I, I, I mean. 
the guy has zero character. I used to think that Dan Rather, uh, you know, uh, outrageous fraud, uh, and they, as you know, it's, it's, it's false but accurate, you know, with his uh, uh, weaseled out of Vietnam thing. Now I've got to rethink that. You know, maybe it was, maybe it was false but accurate. You know, was there ever anything to him, or was everything about him a lie? Probably everything. He's garbage. Well, um, and now you could see where they are aiming their fire is at Ron DeSantis now. So there's a coordinated uh, movement with the bull wankers and, you know, people like Jonathan Chait, you know, the same interests that gained upon Trump for six years. Now they are targeting DeSantis, calling him an authoritarian. Oh, and he's worse. He's worse. Right. What did Rick Wilson tweet out? It, Florida is like Germany in 1933 oh, or something like so ridiculous. An, there was an well, article in I think it was in Vanity Fair last week by Bess Levin about how because of the quote, don't say gay law, Florida schools are dystopian hellscapes. That is a literal quote from her. I mean, it's okay. a dystopian hellscape that well, you know, somehow no I children aren't getting gender education lessons, you know? I man- I managed to go through my entire public school career in California back did. when the schools weren't that bad without knowing anything about the bizarre sexual uh, percadillos or gender identity weirdness of my various teachers. And I think there were a few that probably had some skeletons in the closet, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, you know, there, there's probably a gimp suit or two among them. Uh, well, the, but uh, Newsom just attacked DeSantis. I mean, this is they are definitely yeah. trying to. They know the enemy. They they know the out DeSantis because and, even and, though and you, you know, got, you know, dis, a dis, imagine a disciplined Trump because DeSantis yeah. owes a lot to Trump and Trump's Trump did something that was remarkable in 2015 when he came down the escalator seven years ago. He. He was a Republican who actually listened to the Republican base and made their issue, you know, instead of going, well, yeah, you know, it's important corporate tax cuts and cutting corporate regulations. And uh, let's see if we can lower some Social Security. Uh, and Trump said, no, my guys are interested in crime and the border and uh, not getting their kids killed. So uh, Dick Cheney can feel more like a man. And uh, it, it, and that's why Trump won. I, I don't think there was any giant desire for a uh, frequently Democrat uh, real estate developer from New York who lived on the cover of the New York Post and was on TV. I mean, no, I mean, who, who, who would have thought Trump? It was his message. And people underestimate that. They think, well, they were, they were dazzled by Trump's, uh, you know, charisma. No, we like the fact that he was going to shut down the border. And he was going well, to send our kids say, to get killed. Did, so, uh, 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 you know, George Bush can feel more like a man. You know, I, I think Trump showed that uh, someone could get elected that said the things that we have been told for decades that we're not really like allowed yes. to say out loud. No you know, culture like, war. We're not allowed to talk about it in the out loud voice. But I think that because I remember DeSantis in Congress, he wasn't super impressive, but you know, that's not an executive position. You're very limited what you can do as a legislator, yes. as a legislator. But as a governor and an executive of Florida, I think he's been terrific. Now, I see every day there's probably like eight pieces a day from prestige media going after Ron DeSantis because 
you know, DeSantis is, I think, in his early 40s. He doesn't have to run in 2024. You know, I mean, I think he does for other reasons. Well, I personally, you know, Julie and I have our opinions on this, but, you know, he is young. And so it's not like like Biden is a crypt keeper or whatever, where, you know, he's, he's running out of time to do it or even Trump who is arguably, you know, it's hard to say Biden's too old and then say, but Trump isn't too old. Trump's you know, they're pretty old. Same, same ages. Um, but, you know, DeSantis, he's young. He has um, a great, you know, career ahead of him. And they are 100% trying to take him out. And he is 100% not interested in their shit at all. No, yeah, he, he's, he, he's a smart guy and he knows how to pick fights. And he picks fights he's going to win. You know, he's told by everyone, you can't take on Disney. He beat the living shit out of Disney. He did. I mean, he did. He wasn't even close. And yeah. Disney's like, what the hell happened? And he understands the power of, uh, he's like a guy who walks, the new guy in prison, walks up to the biggest guy in the cafeteria and freaking lays him out with a punch. And that's his marker. And, well, you, you know, you think the corporations are going to screw with Ron DeSantis. You know, at some point, these uh, CEOs are going to turn to their 30 year old second wife and say, OK, honey, you need to shut up now, because now, you know, I, 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 I was playing along with you for a little while. But you're real. You know, if I do what you say, you're really going to get my company in trouble. And it, now, before it was just frivolous. Now this guy's going to freaking come at me. And uh, I, 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 I think it, you know, another Important development is conservatives getting past the, well, ideologically, we can't actually use our political power against our political enemies because that's wrong for reasons and because, and it's just not so conservative. And, you know, guys like DeSantis is like, no, I'm actually going to use my power because they're using their power against me. And there's, there's no situation where I am somehow morally obligated not to use uh, my power while they're free to use theirs against me. That just we don't play that. I mean, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. I mean, he oh, yeah. is he's fearless. In in fact, unlike Trump, who um, still had an underlying desire to befriend yes. the media types who he, despised him, right? Yes, he's yeah. still an establishment. Look, he believes in the establishment. That's why he says Harvard. That's why he respects generals. That's why, you know, oh, Rex Tillerson, what a great resume, uh, you know. Uh, He's just a creature of New York City, yes. right, where where those institutions is. are. Yeah, yeah. he wants Maggie. He wants Maggie Haberman's, you know, uh, attaboys. Yeah. I, I She's mean, never going to do it. Yeah, we, 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 we got to understand that he look, he is a uh, he was an interim thing in the fully development fully development uh, of a Republican who, uh, in Liz's uh, uh, memorable words, knows what time it is. He has a general he has a general sense of it's afternoon. Ron DeSantis knows it's 3.42 a.m. or p.m. And he he really seems to enjoy twisting the knife. Yes. In the back of the left and the news media. You like, need it's to almost like- enjoy the fight. Yes, you do. And you enjoy the fight and also just enjoy the outrage that your actions prompt, which is what he is doing. Um, And the fact that never Trumpers are now going after him. And of course, he's under assault every day by uh, the news media in Florida. 
Um, but he he does it with a smile on his face. Like he is like, go ahead, bring it He's on. He's a happy you know warrior. What? I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he, you know what else? He's compassionate. So which you know that he will never and he has said this publicly. He's the only political figure, I think, elected official who has expressed remorse for going along with lockdowns in 2020. DeSantis yeah. did not want to shut down his state. He got calls from the White House to do it. He reluctantly went along with it, especially the the second lockdown. Um, and I was in Florida for almost that entire time. And you could sense in his interviews, he was very reluctant to do it, but got pressure from the White House to do it. Um, and he he broke down in tears at one point later in 2020, talking about shutting down nursing homes and the people who were dying in nursing homes across the country, not from COVID, but dying from loneliness and failure to thrive and kept away from their family members. And he just signed um, legislation. I think it was an executive order this week saying that they will never deny loved ones from seeing their relatives in the hospital for any reason, but especially right. your lockdown and or family. pandemic. That's right. Which was just no. one of the most cruelest, horrific things no. that happened I, during those yeah. lockdowns. I, I, I recall my parents were in and out of the hospitals a lot during that period. And it was like, well, you know, you can't come in unless you, you know, one at a time. And and my, my kids would not have been able to say goodbye to their grandfather uh, if a nurse hadn't basically snuck us in. And that's, 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 just, that's despicable. It's despicable. It and it's like it, it takes us to a place where and, and this does go against this conservative worldview, which is that you have to legislate because where there's a space where yes. there's no legislation, the left will come in and legislate against you. You know, we like to call that freedom. That space is freedom. But if you don't come out and say you can't keep family members away from their family inside a hospital or nursing home, the left is going to come in and do and do the opposite. Exactly. We need to be willing to use our power. And yeah. conservatives have been told, well, using the power of government, government bad. That's that's a simplistic way of looking at it. We should use our power to keep our enemies from taking our freedom. That's why we have the power in the first place, not necessarily to cut corporate tax rates. OK, <clears throat> and uh, for too long, conservatives uh, or Republicans have been have been fixated on a misunderstanding of ideology uh, that prevents them from fighting back. And that's that's cost us years of the fight. Now that we are fighting back, we're winning in a lot of ways. And I think, uh, you know, and winning people over. Look at the uh, look at our Latinx community. 50 oh, yeah. percent of Hispanics <laughs> are, are yeah. now supporting Republicans. The, the Democrats had thought the Latin. Oh, my gosh, they're going to be campesinos forever. They're going to be our our newest little pet constituency of serfs needing us, needing our handout and largesse. And they will vote as we in the faculty lounge and us suburban wine women uh, uh, tell them to. It's going to be great. And they said, no, we're we're actually working our way in the middle class. And in fact, we don't even identify as Hispanic in any meaningful way. We're just Americans. And what the hell's wrong with you? We're voting for the guys who are going to let our companies work. And uh, uh, the media uh, not- is just so out of touch oh. with that community. Oh. I, earlier this week, The New York Times had an article about Mayra Flores, who just won an election in a border county a border area in Texas. 
I believe she was born in Mexico. Yeah. She won a special election in a in an area in a district that had been blue. And the New York Times thought branded her this radical because she loved Jesus and America and family. And that to them is radical. <laughs> and it's well, I, I mean, they're so yeah. in touch. It's hilarious. And I, I, I am perfectly happy to allow the Democrat Party to be against uh, family, faith and flag. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, go stake that out. That's that's fine. The, the 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 problem for the Democrats is they lack the they lack the political flexibility of a a you know, chameleon like Bill Clinton, who was the best politician maybe in the last hundred years. I mean, he's an incredibly good politician. You got to give credit to your opponents. He was very tactically uh, uh, savvy. And I mean, he's the guy who did safe, legal and rare for abortion, which is a brilliant formulation uh, to do what liberals want, because it acknowledges your opponents without insulting them, but just says, you know, we, we both share concerns. We just have a little different view and it doesn't polarize the same way as shout your abortion. Uh, Bill Clinton was perfectly willing to do a 180 on crime from the Democrats, for instance, and, uh, you know, and, and basically sell out the progressives. Uh, but but now that's the, the, the Democrats. It, it's their religion. They can't. They can't think, do, I think he can't do that anymore because no, I think when Clinton was in, in office. The progressives did not have the hold Yep. On the institutions and on the party, like they do now, to the point where safe, legal, and rare is you might as well be like pro life and no exception for rape and incest. Like that's oh, yeah. to them the same thing. And, um, you know, the, the, the party has moved that the Democrats have moved so far to the left, and the Democratic, the Democrat party is, you know, hostage. If there are any moderate Democrats, there are dur- during election time. During campaign time, there are. Um, but then the rest of the time when they're in D.C., you know, they all vote for the same progressive policies that they they ignore when they're campaigning because it is so out of touch. But I do think that there's no moderate, you know, people like say, well, I'm a JFK Democrat. Dude, that's that's gone. There are. not That's gone. No, it's become it's become the equivalent of a religion. And uh, that that is their faith. And uh, they they act uh, complete with heretics and crusades uh, and uh, sacred texts, sacred rituals like, you know, killing babies. Um, and, and uh, you know, they they don't have the flight. They don't have the flexibility, for instance. They are getting absolutely slaughtered on gas prices. I mean, slaughtered. Do you think Bill mm-hmm. Clinton would have hesitated to say, I'm a I'm opening up the entire uh, north slope of Alaska to get us the oil we need. All the Ameri- everybody go, oh, great, great, great. You know, President Gumby can't say that. He can't do that. Instead, he's like, well, you know, I'll sell some oil to China. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I can get the Arabs to pump some more. And he, I mean, they're killing themselves because he can't change path because it is actually a, a almost a religious sacrament to it. Now, I'm perfectly happy for them to lock themselves into untenable positions. And untenable positions are fine when no one knows about it. No one knows, you know, about CRT when no one's looking. But now everyone's looking because a you can't miss it. You can't miss gas prices. And b you you, social media is letting us show a spotlight on things. You guys like 
Chris Rufo illuminating CRT, suddenly CRT's become a big issue in blue Virginia and Glenn Youngkin wins. Well, the, the whole the whole state went red. I mean, the lieutenant governor and the oh, yeah. attorney, it wasn't even just Glenn Youngkin. It was it was a it was a brutal repudiation um, because the left is so, so out of touch. And it's very convenient for them when they had someone covering for them like the media where and this reminds me of an event that happened and didn't get it's not getting a lot of, of attention. But uh, this morning, the news broke that a mass shooting was stopped here in Richmond, Virginia, uh, because somebody overheard these two men planning to shoot up the 4th of July parade in Richmond, Virginia, and they contacted the police. And the police got to these guys, got their weapons and stopped it, and it didn't happen. Now, I read this story on the Daily Caller. It turns out that these two gentlemen were illegal aliens. They were here illegally, and one of them had been deported more than once. And from, had from where? Where were they from? Um, Mexico. I think Mexico. Um, but the interesting thing is that when I went to look at, for another source, like, in other words, I saw at the Daily Caller, I wanted to see how is the media covering it. I found an, a story on NBC that did not mention that they were illegal, illegal aliens. So oh, yeah, that, that little fact wasn't important. They just left it out. And it was something that was said by the sheriff who was giving a press conference about it. So they just didn't quote what the sheriff said on that, on that issue. They quoted him on, on other, other things for other information. Well, so it's convenient. much easier for this radicalism to grow and fester when the media is running cover for it. Uh, it but is, it, but it, it, it's it, harder it and harder to do that now. It is. It can't do, you know, the, 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 the conservative media apparatus, this is why, you know, Fox, they, they go insane about Fox and talk radio and everything is that, when you're trying to shove policies Americans hate down their throats, you, you can't have someone pull, pointing out that, hey, they're shoving policies you hate down your throat. And uh, I, 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 I find it pretty amusing. You have the mainstream media actively supporting censorship. Oh, it's, well, we're just trying to stop disinformation. OK, so so censorship. Uh, and it's so ham handed. And it's also so short sighted. Because, you know, if you want to establish uh, a, a standard, it may come and bite you. You see, I, in the book, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, I always got to say the title of my publicist will, you know, not release my family. Um, the, there, there are three ways things can go. We can, option one, we can have a civil society where uh, citizens have a say in the general direction of their country through their representatives and where their civil rights will be respected. Two, we can have a right-wing authoritarian uh, government. Uh, three, we can have a left-wing authoritarian government. I, I would prefer option one. I can live with option two. Uh, option three, uh, then we start getting, that, then we start playing horsey. And uh, that, that, you know, if they're going to uh, eliminate the possibility of option one, because because either side gets to veto uh, at least one of the options, uh, then okay, I, I'll move to option two. But you don't get to win. I'll start using your tools against you, which is what Ron DeSantis did with uh, uh, Disney, and it drove them nuts. Suddenly, a corporation's going, "Holy cow! This guy's using political power against its enemies." But I thought, I thought we were safe. Mickey, help me. 
<laughs> well, you know what, and we all know this here, and our listeners do too, is that the biggest problem we're going to face is not just who's in the White House, but Republicans, especially in the Senate. There was a report this week uh, from people close to McConnell who said they do not want to focus on cultural issues during the campaign, or if they get the Senate back, they want to focus on, of course, inflation, gas prices, what yada, yada, yada. They don't want to confront abortion. They don't want to confront uh, gun uh, gun rights, et cetera. You know, it's the same old establishment, they, they, you know, they, country club Republican issues. Like you said, Kurt, you know, health care reform and, you know, entitlement reform and, you know, that whole BS that we used to think was important. And we know now not only is it not really important, it's futile. Um, well, and there's just a much bigger war, uh, not the least of which is the federal government is, you know, declared war on half of the country and are well, using you its know, powers uh, accordingly. They may not want a culture war, but they will have a culture war thrust upon them. First That's of all, right. we are That's electing right. we're electing a lot more hardcore folks. You know, J.D. Vance is going to show up. You'll probably have Blake Masters. Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of new senators who are like, you know, my my people sent me here to do this. And, you know, uh, Murder Turtle. Uh, you know, you you may enjoy uh, clinking glasses with the uh, donors, but that's that's not who got me where I am. And uh, we we need this. Uh, I, I look at that. Uh, the gun giveaway by Cornyn, who's just a mm. ridiculous man, oh, just a pompous peacock, uh, you know, enjoying his time in the limelight. Our bipartisan working together. Here's the compromise. We'll just give them less of what they want than what they want. How's that? I mean, that's so I mean, it was so 2005. Uh, but he got 15 votes. He would have had 35 20 years ago. We're slowly winning. We're slowly winnowing away. Well, look, we're never going to have, you know, someone like Susan Collins, who I do not, I, I have no problem with Susan Collins because she is who she is. She's in Maine. She's the best we're ever going to do. That's fine. I do have some problem with Joni Ernst, who's in Iowa. Yeah, and, there's no excuse for that. Well, and, and she's also a colonel. You know, what the hell are you thinking? Um, but but there are more woke Republicans, more Republicans who know what time it is. And McConnell, as smart as he is, he's very smart. And he manages to keep a coalition together of, uh, you know, from Susan Collins all the way to like Mike Lee. So he, he he's tactically proficient, but he's not he, he doesn't have a choice about moving America back to his comfort zone, which is 2005 and talking about uh, capital gains rates. He, he's not going to have that opportunity because he's going to have a bunch of people in the Senate going, I'm going to get killed if we don't do something about freaking groomers. You know, I, I, all I'm getting is messages from my people saying they don't want, you know, drag queen story time, which no matter what David French says is not a blessing of liberty. It's a blessing of pedophilia, uh, you know, in their school. We got to do so. And he's going to have it. He, he's not going to have any choice but to uh, fight, it, especially if you get somebody like Ron DeSantis who wants to have that fight. Um, and just for a second, going back to that Gallup poll, I mean, the low levels, you have um, only 10 percent of Republicans who have faith in the criminal justice system. I mean, that's massive. Oh. There's a huge drop in trust yes. in police. But every government institution, Congress 
is like 5% for Republicans, but it's not much better among independents or even Democrats. I mean, you have, we have an institutional crisis in this yes. country, and a lot of it does go to the culture. I mean, people don't trust criminal justice reform, uh, criminal uh, justice system anymore because it favors the left. It favors yes, it, the rioters and the thugs, right? Yeah, yes. Well, you, you've been great on this and you've been pointing it out and, and, and your voice is being heard on this. Republicans understand what's happening with the J6 people. And here's, here's yeah, right. uh, the absolute necessity uh, for, uh, uh, for, for at least the next president, because I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure Congress has the guts to do what they need, which is hearings on the hearings, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron, say Ron DeSantis gets in at day one. I have this in my book. Day one, I'm pardoning everybody uh, uh, connected with J6, pardoning yeah. them unless yeah. they're a, a narc who sold out other people. I'm pardoning them. Uh, my new Justice Department is going to investigate the guy who murdered Ashley Babbitt. Uh, and and we will bring charges. Uh and I'm also directing that the Department of Justice uh, settle the civil rights claims of people who have been held for misdemeanors for 18 months without yep. a, a jury trial. This is unacceptable, meaning I'm not going to accept it. I am going to use my power to demonstrate that we will not have two systems. If you're going to dismiss all the charges, I'm going to pardon all these people. If, if you want to uh, uh, have fair trials uh, uh, and speedy ones... That comes that comes later. You that that boat is sailed as far as this. You must learn and you must learn through pain. Um, and as far as uh, 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 Congress, Congress needs to wake the hell up. It, and when they investigate and they, they should investigate the J6 committee because it, it, it's a, uh, a farce that's a born perjury. Uh, they need to do it on the road. They need to go out to America to do it, but also to get all the testimony under oath outside of Washington, D.C., in different venues, because you cannot get a fair trial no. in Washington, D.C. So go make them testify in, uh, oh, I don't know, Tulsa. Yeah, here's your subpoena. See you in Tulsa on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, we'll arrest you if you don't show up because it's my Justice Department now. It would oh, be phenomenal if they would do that. I mean, and I think that's something they can do, Republicans can do, is cut off funding to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. This oh, yeah. is the office that is responsible for terrorizing 850-plus oh, Americans. Oh, I, I think uh, you're absolutely right, and I think an investigation, particularly the prison uh, conditions, yes. is a, by the next Justice Department. Look. The Democrats should be terrified about what we do with the Justice Department because we need to hold them accountability. They need to be. But they're Uh, not. And the the reason is, no, because what's going to happen is as as it's projected now, the Republicans will take the House. There's supposed to be a bloodbath. Okay, fine. If Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, none of this is going to happen. Like there certainly won't be any hearings. I mean, I don't and we're not going to have we don't have the option of having a GOP president in until 2024 that, so that least, is absolutely true there's two and, more years and here's the problem the kevin mccarthy needs to return to regular order and the yes. house is not in regular order and what that means is that they are not appropriating agency by agency 
individually. They are coming up with a big omnibus, which is a mishmash of everything. And then they say, well, if you don't approve this, then our troops will go hungry. Or, you know, they come up with a big sob story. Or we're going to shut down the government. People won't get kidney transplants or all of the other garbage that they say in order right. to force people to approve an omnibus. And unless Kevin McCarthy commits to that, where they go through the budgets and say, hey, FBI, I think I'm going to cut your travel budget, you know, or we're going to cut the money for the D- attorney's office, like Julie said. Yep. Unless that happens, the Democrats have absolutely no reason to be afraid. They're just going to wait it out until the next election. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think we need to get back to regular order. I think that's a great point. Uh, and that should have been done years ago. And uh, uh, look, Kevin McCarthy will learn by fear. And he will learn by fear of the voters. Uh, That's right. And that will manifest by, you know, he, 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 he'd like to think he's not going to see any more Lorraine, Laura and Bobbitts and uh, uh, MPGs you know, and Greens. But he's right. going to see more and more of them. It, it, look, if, if you're upset about these folks, they're your fault because you didn't do what we told you to do. If you do what we tell you to do. You're going to have you're you'll actually ironically have more flexibility because we'll we'll trust you in your judgment. Right now we don't, and uh, you know he 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 needs to do his part. Now, admittedly, the the a Republican House, Republican even a Republican Senate also has limited things to do. They can say no uh, in a, when when you have a, a you know the dust puppet as president. They can uh, uh, they can do oversight. And they should, like I said, they should do it outside of Washington so that the people can be prosecuted when you get the next president in. Uh, They should uh, uh, also, you know, and they can also make compromises where appropriate, but they can't do anything else. And we as Republicans need to understand that. But, you know, it's two way street. I understand if you can't pass laws on your own, but I need to see you making support progress by saying, no, we're just not going to pass a, a bill that funds, you know, the FBI. Or NPR yes. or whatever. We're just we're just not going to do that. And um, you know, it and you you can turn around the omnibus stuff. You can say, look, uh, you know, President, you can veto this budget that doesn't have any money for uh, NPR. But if you do, you know, uh, children are going to go without gruel. Well, there was an interesting report in Axios this week, too, <clears throat> saying that um, Kevin McCarthy, Republicans plot vendors on January 6th committee. This is uh, Jonathan Swan. Yes, good. But what was interesting at the end, and you know McCarthy is going to drag his heels. He does not want to do this. But um, in the last line of the article, the base is out for blood on subpoenas. House Republican aide told a lot of it will depend on how far McCarthy wants to go. These Republicans, especially now that they're back home in their districts or when they're campaigning after Labor Day, they are hearing it from their constituents. Yes. Their constituents. Constituents are very aware of the political prisoners, that they are very aware, not just what's happening to Trump's aides and, you know, former White House officials, but regular Americans who are having their lives destroyed by this Justice Department. They want, yes, they want vengeance. They want retaliation. And they want the truth about January 6th, which committee has uh, not done. It's a cover up. It's a total cover up. It's a giant scam. I saw today they want to subpoena Mike Lindell's uh, interact uh, uh, communications with the president. He's a regular citizen. 
yep. making his views no maybe maybe they don't like his views this is this is serious stuff and it the is. republicans had better unscrew it now if they don't do it for the right reason which is to reestablish norms they do then they they can do it uh, because they're afraid that we're going to uh, 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 primary all of them. You know, I, I, you know, you may not lose your primary, but you're going to have to work for it. You Republican stiff. And, and keep in mind, a lot of the folks who voted for uh, uh, impeachment uh, have already lost their seats or knew they were going to lose their seats and just quit. Uh, we, we need a little bit of base discipline. And McCarthy, well, we you know, need to have these people that McCarthy's are running for right Congress. Thing. They need to squeeze McCarthy. McCarthy's going to run for speaker. And if you have a large enough number of based people that are go to yep. Congress, new ones or, you know, that unseat the, the rhinos, then McCarthy will feel the pressure. If we just start putting in a bunch of Kitzingers, you know, and we win the House, we don't win the House. You know, it's a lie. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of unbased primary voters. You know, why Why would anyone re-elect Nancy Mace, for instance? Well, I think what happened there, and I think what happened in Georgia, too, is you have, you don't have Democratic primaries of any meaning, you know, and this happens all the time, of any meaning. So you have an effort to take Democrat voters who, I mean, if you have to declare your party in a yeah. primary, pulling Republican ballots and voting probably for Nancy Mace. I suspect that happened in Georgia, too. With, well, I mean, but that is going to happen. But what's yeah, interesting, what happened here, here in Illinois in our primary last week is that Mary Miller, the Trump-backed uh, candidate um, because of course we redistricted like every state but we lost a congressional uh, seat so the democrats put together mary miller and rodney davis now rodney davis is a longtime republican establishment type here in illinois and certainly would be the fate you know presumed to be the favorite but he lost his primary i mean and he is i think the ranking member of house um the house administration committee so it's not like he's some schmo but he lost his race around. to Mary Miller, kind of an unknown, but the Trump Act won. And so you're going to have people like Mary Miller go in, know why she was elected, not just because Trump and endorsed her. she doesn't know her. the establishment, nothing. That's right. That's right. And that's good. Yep. And the, 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 it's critical that those are the people that go. And I know that the Democrats, I saw this, link, I think it was last week, some article about how the Democrats are supporting MAGA candidates in the primaries because they <laughs> think they'll be easier to beat. And it's kind of like. No. Didn't you learn that with Trump? Right. I mean, they were exactly. all like Trump because they thought he was a clown. And then what happened? They really want so. Master Antonio and in, in, in Pennsylvania, for instance, and he yep. may just win. That's right. Uh, you know, the bad uh, calculation on their part. It, it, it's very risky. Uh, they, they tried that in uh, uh, the uh, Colorado Senate race. Uh, spent 10 million bucks and the uh, the candidate people assume is stronger uh, won, the one that they wanted to avoid. So it, that is a that is a high risk, uh, high reward thing. I mean, it works sometimes. Todd Aiken comes to mind in uh, Kansas, I, I, Missouri. I mean, uh, and I'm worried about Missouri because uh, I think Eric Greitens is clearly the weakest uh, and he, you know, he, he should drop out. But of course, he won't do it because. Eric Reitens is more important to Eric Reitens than we are. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it is a very, very tough 
or or very, very high risk strategy if you want to try it. And uh, I think it's going to bite them because, you know, we're in an environment where people may go, yeah, I, I want this guy who's a lunatic. I'm all for lunatics. I, I don't mind a lunatic. Right? I mean, you know, <laughs> people are like, oh, it's MTG. She's terrible. No, I, I like a lot of things she says. And, uh, you know, even even when she said Israeli space lasers, I was like, that's really cool. That's that's like a compliment. Uh, I mean, know, it's not like she it's not like she said Donald Trump was in cahoots with Vladimir Putin to steal the 2016 election or anything, I, uh, you know, normal like that. That's why yeah. I laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I am so I got to tell you guys, I don't know if you feel this way. I am so in the uh, I am so done with the well, you know, if it was a, imagine if it was a Republican doing that. I'm like at the point where it's like I don't even want to make the argument. I just want to destroy them using my power. I'm not even going to I'm not going to bring up that it's a giant injustice. I'm just going to freaking take out a sledgehammer and pummel them. Uh, but but we still have to point out the hypocrisy, not for guys, folks like us. Because we're based. We're, we know what time it is. We know how this is played. It's not, it doesn't stun us anymore. We're used to it. But normal people who don't pay attention to politics a lot are like, well, that seems really weird. I don't really. So we got to use it to win over the normies. But for us, you know, we're, we're, we're beyond that. Well, that has been a fast hour. I think it's a little over an hour. But it it's is over an hour. That was quick. That was quicker than the Bulwark wedding night. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that would have been 15 seconds and ended in crying. <laughs> I don't think we've mocked the bulwark, guys. Hey, we're near enough. Next time. Next oh, time. Boy. We need plenty of time for that. Oh, man. Thank you well, so Kurt, much, before, Kurt. Kurt, before you go, talk, uh, tell our listeners. Yeah, tell everyone about your book. Oh, the book right. is woke. Uh, the book is based. It knows that book knows what time it is. We'll be back. The Fallen Rise of America. Uh, it, it, it's funny and it's mean. And I think it's got some good points. I talk about things like national divorce. I talk about things like what a civil war might look like. Uh, I'm not for one. Sorry, bulwark guys. Uh, I'm against. But what happens if there is actual con- what does it look like? What kind of circumstances could lead to it? Uh, And, uh, you know, spoiler, uh, the elimination of norms, rules and customs uh, by one side of the political fence, which which leads the other side to think I have no other outlet uh, uh, for, you know, exercising my right to participate in my own governance. That becomes very, very, uh, a very, very scary and volatile situation, which we should avoid. Uh, One of the problems with the left is they inherited a country uh, that was super prosperous and super powerful. And uh, of course, it has declined under them. But they don't appreciate that that is not the natural state of humanity. And that is not a given that you have to do things that, uh, uh, you know, support and uh, provide a foundation for the system. It just doesn't occur mysteriously. And it, it's like a Jenga tower where they think they can just pull blocks out all day and it's not going to collapse because they've never seen uh, anything collapse before. But it, it, it can. So where well, is your book? Is it on Amazon? Where can yeah, people get, get it? Yeah, get on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It'll be out. Uh, it, it, it's released July 12th. Well, perfect. Uh, I'm going to be pimping it like Huggy Bear. I'm putting that bitch out on the street and telling it to bring me my money. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it'll be a massive hit like all of your books. What number is this? How many books this have you number written? number 10. 
I have oh, uh, God. six novels, oh, four, four regular books, ten. So, and I'm going to have another uh, Kelly Turnbull action novel in September. So that will be, I'm, I'm still writing that. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's selling pretty well. Uh, but uh, once, uh, once it drops, hopefully it will sell super well. Well, we, I'm sure that it will. And we urge all of our listeners to go purchase go it right now. Book. Go and get we'll my have book. Back get my book. Kelly Turnbull book too. Uh, the Kelly Turnbull books are fun. Nobody writes conservative stuff uh, the way I, I, I kind of do. And I found a niche and it's Love fun. It. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having Thank me. you for listening to Happy Hour. If you haven't, subscribe to us on iTunes, Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.